talk about it for a while, and then we'll open the room up for questions. So here we go. The reading is on page 64, and it's the first paragraph. Therefore, we started upon a personal inventory. This was step four. A business which takes no regular inventory usually goes broke. Taking a commercial inventory is a fact-finding and a fact-facing process. It is an effort to discover the truth about the stock and trade. One object is to disclose damaged or unsaleable goods to get rid of them promptly and without regret. If the owner of the business is to be successful, he cannot fool himself about values. We did exactly the same thing with our lives. We took, on, we took stock honestly. First, we searched out the flaws in our makeup, which had caused our failures. Being convinced that self manifested in various ways was what had defeated us, we considered its common manifestations. Resentment is the number one offender. It destroys more alcoholics than anything else. From it stand all forms of spiritual disease. For we have been not only mentally and physically ill, we have been spiritually sick. When the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. In dealing with resentments, we set them on paper. We listed people, institutions, or principles with whom we were angry. We asked ourselves why we were angry. In most cases, it was found that our self-esteem, our pocketbooks, our ambitions, our personal relations, including sex, were hurt or threatened. So we were sore. We were burned up. All right, I'm going to stop there. Hand it over to you, Paul. And um, thank you so much. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yes. All right. Good evening, everyone, or good morning. Paul, alcoholic. Uh, welcome to Tuesday. Yes, this is the instructions before we launch into the course of action, which just starts with the fourth step. So <clears throat> the working steps are four through nine, and they really facilitate the spirit of the third step to become uh, accessible. So uh, the idea here at these talks is just to emphasize the one statement on the third paragraph, which is being convinced that self manifested in various ways was what had defeated us. We considered its common manifestations. So if you follow the the thread of that, a common manifestation of self is resentment, yes? That's not difficult to follow, is it? Yeah, the beginning. So being convinced that self, it didn't say being convinced that us has defeated us. Being convinced that self manifested in various ways, so we considered its self's common manifestations. Resentment is a common manifestation of self in one's life. Yeah? That's the diagnosis. And then this fear is a common manifestation of self in one's life. And harming other people in the pursuit of what we want, we look at sexual behavior and uh, acting out in that arena is uh, the hurting people in the pursuit of what we want is a common manifestation of self in our life. Yeah. So we're attempting to do an inventory 
on something called self, yeah? And so, and how we do that is by looking at its common manifestations with the hopes that if we start recognizing the correlation between the common manifestations and self, there'll be more will be revealed about the subtle correlations, which is talked about a couple of pages before that, where he, he speaks that self, self-centered uh, people can look virtuous and kind and do really nice things, but there's an agenda there, yes? So these would be more subtle manifestations, yes, of self. So, but it's through the manifestations, subtle and common, that we're defeated. Now, uh, yet after the defeat by something other than us, we're still confused. Was it us or, yeah, not even confused. We believe that it was us that did it. I screwed up. Yeah, I fucked up. Yeah. So to have such a disguise, even after the, the defeat and not being able to recognize what has defeated us by its manifestations, there must be something pretty powerful going on to have us... Uh, You know, you would think if you got beat up in the same way 150, 300 times, you'd probably recognize who beat you up, you know, just by the beating. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking Jimmy down the street. So I don't see how we're missing that that leap into because we have accepted we've been defeated. Yeah? The book says uh, being convinced that defeat was of self, yeah, and it was and it was facilitated by the manifestations of self let's look at the common manifestations of some of them and by looking at them and doing an inventory maybe we'll see something that we're not seeing yeah and uh to me what you see that we're not seeing is the difference between self and us yeah there's a recognition and maybe the first baby step in that recognition, you really get that alcoholism is, is a disease, that it's not a moral issue. It's something has taken you over and you're going to dance until the gorilla wants to stop the day, you know? <laughs> there's no, uh, there's okay. no real... Not, you know, I just... Yeah, cut that off, right? So, this is the whole point of the, of the underlying basis of these shares, these Zooms. Now, there's a lot of other Zooms about a lot of other aspects of the book, and that's great. The reason why we started presenting this aspect is I didn't hear it when I was in recovery for years, and I still don't hear it much. So basically, uh, we're trying to inject it into the community with the hopes that for some people, it'll bring a traveling lighter through this event called uh, sobriety, yes, because uh, God knows we could use a lot more traveling lighter, yeah, so, and especially, you know, it's sort of like we were watching a movie, which I recommend highly if you're into uh, Korean Buddhist parable movies called Spring, Summer, Fall, Winter, Spring, I just did this event in Moab, and they, they had a movie night, and they wanted me to choose a movie, I wasn't going to choose a horror film or anything. I thought it, 
might as well go with inspiration. So <laughs> I went to this beautiful film and in this film, uh, somebody does something and it's symbolized of like being dragging a big stone around with them. Yeah. Heavy, heavy stone around with them, which is causing them to travel heavy, no matter what terrain life had in store for them, they're traveling heavy through it. And so this idea of the guilt and shame that lives almost like a shadow to us today, after 33 years of sobriety, the sense of guilt and shame still being uh, harvested from the idea that I was the doer of all that insane behavior, I just see, uh, even if that aspect is seen a little more clearly, it's going to reap a lot of benefit. You're going to travel lighter. Yeah. And isn't it your experience that when you put alcohol or drugs in your system, basically all bets were off. You were going to do whatever you were going to do. You didn't seem to have much uh, choice. That's an intimate experience I had over and over again. Yet the head wants to tell me I was the doer of all that. It wants to tell me every crazy freaking thing I ended up doing or being involved in, I knew every step of the way out of choice, I turned that direction. That is not my experience at all. Yeah. So how does, what explains that? That something must have taken me over that's not of me. Yeah. Let's call it self. And that basically I was used for transportation for self's agenda. I was sort of left behind, and actually, when all that was said and done, I was left holding all the bags, basically. You know, the self doesn't go to prison. <laughs> the self doesn't get pulled over. We do. Yeah, so I think it's important, very, very, very important, to have a, a, a clarity between self and us. Yeah, and so... Maybe you go into the inventory to look at your resentments, your fears, and your uh, harming other people in the pursuit of what you wanted. But right there in page 64 is the correction of that, that attitude, which is their self's manifestations. Why are we constantly calling them ours? Yeah. I would say there's an act of being identified as self going on unbeknownst to us. And when that's unbeknownst to us, some of its effects, irritability, restlessness, and discontent, we can't seem to follow back to the source because we're very clouded around that. And so we try to get relief from that as that. Yeah. So self can't get it out of self. <laughs> so... I think that was the story of my life after I hit around six years old. I was pretty much trying to get out of self as self. When the story was written in my head, it was about Paul getting out of self. But basically, Paul is and was a.k.a. self. So the reason why Paul failed isn't because Paul can't get out of self. It's self can't get out of self. And Paul was the the representation of an act of being identified as self. Yeah. So there you go. That's the premise 
that we share on from every Tuesdays and Thursdays. And uh, we don't like to veer off from that. We want to bring it back to that, even though it seems maybe seem boring, repetition is helpful because the mental activity where the problem resides, alcoholism, what is it? It resides in the mind. The, the, the mental activities are being used to reinforce this act of being identified as self. Why is it that there's so much obsession? It's not the joy of, of being obsessed. The obsession reinforces the identification. It's necessary. It's necessary to be obsessed about something you're not to seem to be that which you're not. Yeah, You need to have a lot of obsession around it to keep the seeming glue in place. So you don't get any idea that you may not be that. And I also believe why a lot of people in recovery leave before the fourth step, because the parasite itself does not want you to look at your role in things, because you're going to see its role in things. And maybe you'll leave that inventory process and the fifth step, uh, not with your resentments, but with resentment. Yeah, you'll have an understanding of resentment and fear and how you acted out and hurt people in the pursuit of what you wanted, yet yet you'll see them as common manifestations of self, which is the description on page 64. That's the diagnosis. Yeah, Don't throw the book at me. Just read it. It's right there on page 64, third paragraph. How can you? I don't see how you can translate. How can you lose that it means self, and we're going to look at its common manifestations, and the next paragraph is resentment. How did it become my resentment? How did it come, become my manifestation? Where, from that little gap between manifestations to resentment, where did the mind come in? Yeah. How did that sneak in? <laughs> yeah. But that sneaking in has become the dominant influence. The resentment does... A resentment that you run into during the day cannot live for 40 years. It has to live in us for 40 years. We have to give it life. Yeah? You'll have... <clears throat> if, you ha if you're prone to see things in a certain way that there's umbrage and threats taken when there aren't any, you're not going to have a time to have a, my resentment. There's going to be another one coming quickly. It's sort of like, you know, one airplane lands and you call it your airplane, but there's all these other airplanes are landing. Yeah, so resentment seems to come from a, a view of self-centeredness. And anxiety, which mimics fear, is produced. So there's not going to even be any room to have my fear. There's going to be another fear showing up, another anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> so I find it it was usually different when I did an inventory and I saw my resentments, my fears and my acting out harming people in the pursuit of what I wanted and when I did an inventory and I saw resentment fear, actually anxiety and then bad behavior completely different Completely different. The same information, though. Same information. It's not like a giant new inventory. It's the same information, but held in a different way. 
held with the statement, being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. Now shake the inventory and see what comes out. See what falls off. Yeah? What some people do, they do the inventory, my resentments, my fears, my harms to others, shake it, and they still have my resentment, my fear, and my harms to others. We want to shake it and have the my drop out. Yeah? Shake it and my drops out. And then you start seeing that, that thing that's very impossible to see. You'll see self through its manifestations. You'll see it. You'll sense it. And you'll sense that it's foreign. And when you sense that it's foreign, the possibility of being free from it becomes available. If you keep calling it you, you're going to p- try to be free as it. That's just the way it goes. Yeah? If you call it you, your idea of freedom is as self. Yeah? If it's if you see it's not you, the freedom is from self. Like it says in the big but please relieve us of, of the bondage of self. Yeah? It's not, please uh, relieve self of all the people that's bothering them. Yeah, no. Please relieve us of the bondage of self. Yeah. Shake it up, my drops off, and there you go. You see the emperor with no clothes. Yeah. Then you start recognizing what you're not, and you bring it to step six and seven, and you let that higher power use that same shit that was used in one way by the last employer, and now the new employer will use it and put it to much different use. Yeah. And then that which you thought was meaningless and useless will prove to be very useful in communicating to other suffering alcoholics. You'll be part of a huge recycling event, yes? It's the same stuff, but recycled. Not the same old, same old, same old, which selfing does, but you turn your will and life over to the care of something greater than self, and you see what it does for you. Yeah, and for others through with that life, yeah? And then you come back and tell me uh, it didn't work. Of course it works, because this is a clear diagnosis of the problem. Why wouldn't there be relief available after you have a clear diagnosis of the problem? Yes. Yeah. Remember, please relieve us of the bondage of self. Again, us is there, self is there. They're not the same. (laughs) Obviously. I just, I don't know why I pound away at it, because it's somehow it's escaping. It just seems to go out one ear and out the other, in one ear out the other, and then everyone keeps calling me up about their resentments and their fears and their harms done to people, and they're not theirs. Yeah. So, yep, that's about it. So, yeah, this is the inventory. The way it was presented to me and how it was presented to most people I know did not really emphasize that sentence being convinced that self. We're just attempting to emphasize that. And let's start from there. Yeah. If you believe self is a part of you and that it can be rehabilitated and become your friend or your service animal, I'm in a different camp. I'm not a believer in that. You know, a snake, you can be as nice as hell to the snake and 
feed it with eyedroppers and shit like that. And at the first opportunity, the snake's probably going to bite you. Why? It's a snake. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that simple. You've got to recognize the parasitical nature of what we're suffering under. You're not going to kumbaya with it. It's not going to be uh, your best friend. <laughs> its view is for it to win, you lose. <laughs> That's its view. Yeah. <laughs> for it to have a life, you can have a life. <laughs> You're not going to go on conjoined vacations. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe. I wouldn't wait around for it, though. <laughs> Did you see how it treated you this life? Did you see it? Don't you have a feeling of it drilling new holes in your head over and over again? The exquisite suffering it can play, it can produce exquisite suffering when it has us as an instrument. It can produce exquisite suffering when it has us as an interest instrument, just as when the higher power has us as an instrument, it can produce gratitude and the ability to enjoy peace of mind. This is the instrument, man. It can go either way. It's basically what's playing it, yeah? It's not the instrument itself, it's what's playing it. Do you want to be played by the old employer or the new employer? Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. Anyone, Mike, anyone else? Okay. Uh, no, I don't see any hands up right now, Paul, but I, I got a hand up. A, I got my uh, hand up. Oh, thank you, Scary. Come on. I got my hand up, everyone. Hey, Paul. Um, so what just hit me? It's like the um, the parasite when I was using took me over, but I'm still taken over by something, even when I'm not using. It's not the parasite, but the higher power you could call took me over. Spirit took me over because I just felt it today. It's not me doing whatever I'm doing. I mean, I am doing it, but I'm. It's not. It's just kind of like happening like I get up brush my teeth eat breakfast but I mean it's I don't know man it's still it's a good thing that's taking me over now uh, you know something took me over but it's not the parasite that's that's all I kind of wanted to say yes so you're basically you're basically like a timeshare car and yeah you've been getting the same driver for a while and you see that with the new driver, you drive better. So it wasn't all your fault, yes? It was the old driver that was bringing the worst out of to the Toyota. Now the new driver is bringing the best out of the Toyota. Yeah, and that's yeah. still not I'll, my doing. It's not my doing the good stuff ain't my course. doing either. Exactly, yeah. So this is the, see, I think a lot of us, can fall very easily into the state of gratitude because we know something has done for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. I don't understand why we're not applying the same thing to the old employer that we know something did through us what we would never have done by ourselves. But I don't see much clarity about that while we're having huge gratitude and feeling very uh, 
appreciative to the new employer, we haven't really pinned the old employer for all of its crimes, so to speak. We're still holding and we're walking around with all those burdens that the old employer had a lot to do with, yes? I wish we could do an inventory, a clear inventory, and recognize what's ours and what's not ours, yeah? Yes, so that we don't have, we're not pulling that big stone of guilt and shame based on feeling like I was the doer with shit I had nothing to do with, yeah? After 33 years still dragging that stone, to me is insane, yeah? To me, it's insane. And I feel it can only be based on uh, an unclear diagnosis of the exact nature of the wrong. Yeah, there's still an, a deep identification as the doer where you had really no say in the matter. And still so much shame and guilt is being harvested from that dead field. It just blows my mind. I mean, the slavery is of the past yet it's felt in the present, yeah? I thought we had that, we hit that point where we're not gonna shut the door on it, nor regret or something like that the past. What happened with that? Let's cause that, I think that's in the, the uh, let me see the promises. What's causing, uh, you know, you won't regret the past nor shut the door on it. Where's that? What's Where's that promise in us? Yeah. Where's that promise at right now? Are you being convinced? Yeah. That you don't regret the past nor shut the door on it? Hmm. What would cause us not to be able to be free from the past, even after years and years, would be the sense of being the doer of what happened then. And if that sense of being the doer of what happened then is there, there's a strong sense of, of being the doer and what's happening now. Yeah. And we're bonded by to self once again. It's okay, there's nothing right or wrong with it, but it's nice to see it, yeah? So maybe you'll see you're not of that. And then with that openness, without with that generous way of seeing things, maybe more of you will be revealed to you as you, yeah? Maybe you'll see more of what you actually are than the story of what you're not all day, yes? Yapping, and, yeah, I don't know. I. I have a lot of faith in light, yeah, so, and uh, I think the sunlight of the spirit is always available at all times, right where we are, because we are the spirit. <laughs> it's not like we're looking for sunlight, we are the spirit. It's like the way Jesus said it, don't put your light under a bushel or something. I would say that's the identification as self, really. Yeah, so, thanks, bro. Yeah, and what you're describing is recognizing shit that uh, was suppressed by misunderstanding. Now, shit's starting to reveal, yeah? Man, I don't really have a lot to do with a lot of stuff, really. I'm just here, 
you know? Fucking the day says go left, I go left. The day says go right, I go right, yeah? And then at the end of the day, I tell a story that I went left and I went right. <laughs> All day, every day, yeah? <laughs> it always blows my mind when you wake up at eight, you go to work, and then you wait till when you get home for the head to tell you how the day was. Now, you were in the day, if you look at the uh, surveillance cameras, the body was there from 8 to 5, but you had no idea what was going on. And then the head tells you you had a bad day around 6. <laughs> Not knowing any better, you take the freaking narrative. Okay, I had a bad day. And then you look around. Why? And then you find reasons why you had the bad day. It was Jerry or whatever. And it's just insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, man. <laughs> I had a strange experience with this. I uh, was living with this lady. And I had a story going on. One of many. Yeah. Unbeknownst to me. I, I believed it completely. And so the story was, I don't really like this lady. I got to get away and stuff. And so this was cooking and cooking and cooking. And then I finally decided, I told her, and she was completely surprised. And then she showed me sort of like pictures of our relationship. And I was always smiling. <laughs> Seemed to be quite happy, shit like that. But I had a story and the story won out. It, it, it won out over the experience, really. I ended up with the story, which was, I'm right and I'm alone. <laughs> it's not a real great prize. Yeah. So I'm right and I'm alone. Yeah. <laughs> We're captured by these stories. Yes. We've, in almost in a sense, living has been given up for the security of a story, yeah, for a mental security of a story that usually ends up us alone and write about it. just see just see the possibility of a difference between self and us not using any mystical jargon just out of the big book of recovery self and us and then as it says its common manifestations the next paragraph starts with resentments it doesn't say our resentments it says resentments yeah resentments unlocked or un, unconnected to my resentment, fear, harms done to others. Where the hell does the my get involved? <laughs> See how much of a life is swallowed up by the my and how less living there's been, really. Hmm. All right.
Anyone else? Thanks, Gary. Nice to see you. Yeah, we had a whole bunch of questions earlier, but we have one from Jason right now. Jason, I'm going to ask you to unmute. Come on in and ask your question, please. Thank you. Paul, uh, oh, great listening to you. Um, yeah, I suppose the manifestations, you know, um, it's supposed to be kind of difficult, you know, kind of get, get what you're saying about the parasite because between, I suppose, I'm, I'm clean those seven years, eight, eight months, nine months, um, untreated for a long time in that. Um, probably about four years I was untreated. Um, I was in a different fellowship and just, uh, I just couldn't get with the program, you know, um, until I came and read the book, you know, and sort of understood the book and related to it straight away, you know. With the manifestations, I, I started to think, you know, uh, for me, they get they get worse as, as, the, as the, the longer I get clean, um, they get more fucking uh, psychotic in a way, you know. It's kind of like I was listening to another video you were saying, like the coyote, um, you know, he's sneaky. He just comes on me, comes on me when I don't even, I don't even realize it's on me uh, until I'm either out of me or I'm listening to someone and they penetrate the, the disease, what I call it anyway. They penetrate the disease, and uh, I see where I'm at, you know. Um, I suppose the parasite for me is kind of, you know, we spoke about resentments there. It's kind of like. When I'm in resentful mode, or, or, or someone's, I'm in, in a conversation with someone and uh, the transaction is not going my way, um, I sort of can feel the resentment scratching at the surface, you know, and wanting to get out. But I suppose from the book and the program, you know, or, I know that that's not the right way to, to let them out, you know. Um, the parasite, you know, the parasite in me is always. I don't know if it's because of the because of the life that I came from from addiction, you know, the street prisons, you know, all the bloody, I suppose, all the violence that goes with, with addiction. And it's kind of like the parasite sort of manifests manifests into, you know, haunting people, you know, not that I do, you know, I, I don't do, you know, because me personally myself, I don't like the feeling of it when I do do, you know, but the manifestations of me disease. Kind of when the, the resentments are kicking in, it's like I want to chop his fucking head off. You know, it's kind of that sort of stuff. You know, um, look, it's like you know, it's just as as time goes by for me in recovery, I've done the steps. You know, and I practice, uh, I practice the steps, and and I connect with me higher power. You know, but my parasite tells me, you know. You don't need to do your prayer today. You're all right. You know, you don't need to meditate today. You know, you're all right. You don't need to do a meeting. You're all right. And I listen. You know, that's what catches me. And then I relapse back into the insanity of the mind. And I'm quite happy to sit there because when I'm in the obsessions um, and the manifestations of the obsessions, it's kind of like on the stage performance where it says in the books, I'm doctored up on the stage. Um, my body's getting a chemical reaction. And without a drug or without a drink, I feel stoned when, I, when I'm in that manifestation, you know. Um, and that's my problem in recovery is, is, is relapsing back into the insanity of the mind. It's like the parasite wants me there. Um, it loses when I'm there. I don't like being in it because I can't communicate with my children. I can't communicate with my wife because I'm just trapped in the fucking mind. Um, and it's only that when it gets so bad and, and 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 the parasite is telling me to do certain things to escalate the feeling that I'm getting in my body. You know that I start to say, okay, I need to fucking stop now. I need to get a meeting. I need to connect with your higher power. I need to connect with my sponsor. I need to do something before damage is fucking done here. You know. Um, and, you know, we've been listening to a couple of your videos, you know, and uh, I suppose in a sense, you know, what I'm listening to from you is kind of penetrating what I'm suffering with, you know, um, 
penetrating what I'm suffering with. It's making me aware of what I'm suffering with, you know. And, and uh, I just suppose that, you know, the question I'm kind of asking is, you know, you know, when when I'm relapsed back into the insanity of the mind, like, why is it that I like being in there? You know, I don't like being in there, me personally, but the disease loves being there, you know. It just loves being in there, you know, and it's so fucking hard to get out at times, you know. I'm not in there now, you know, because I'm practicing the program, practicing with my higher power and connecting on a daily basis, you know, but my mind does say, you know, stop, you know. It's like, it's like fucking searching for that drug in it, you know, Um you know, uh, and I know when I relapse back yeah. into the inside. Can I throw something now? Yeah, yeah, go I ahead. I throw something in now. Right now, it's working because you're practicing it, yes? Yes. It's working. You just said it's working right now because you're practicing the, the program and what's been suggested, yes? Can you hear me? Yes, 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 yes. All right. So, yeah. yeah. So, you're that's the condition you need to be in for for something to work. You need to practice certain things right now. It doesn't mean you'll be you may have to do it just like you're doing it every day of the rest of your life, but at this moment you need to practice so that certain things don't happen. Yes? And yes. you need and you need to get into the habit of being sober. Because there's right now you're running into resistance. Let's say there's two gravitational fields. Let's call one of them self, yes? And self is violence and all this shit. And then the program is trying to release you from that gravitational field so that you get sucked into the next gravitational field, the higher power, yes? Yes. So sometimes it seems like it's trudging and shit because there's a lot of gravity pushing on you in the other, in the, in, let's say the, the the gravity of self. Yeah. So you need to do and take actions a day at a time and you need to shrink it even lesser if that's necessary. And you've got to stay joined to the hip with other men and always call them before you drink, not after you drink, and stuff like this. This is what's, this is the diagnosis. This is what you need to follow right now. So the action figure can not be the giant stumbling block for a, a life of freedom, yeah, and and usefulness. So this is what's called for you to do. It's not going to be like this forever, but for right now. It's sort of like you got to break through the, the, this first, let's say, ring of gravitational field, which is Jack, you know, act out violently, saying the wrong thing, taking action, and then getting yourself jackpotted again into the system of jail and institution. Yeah, we like that needs to be stopped. You can't do it. Yeah. It seems to be working when you practice the program. It's not getting triggered to the point you're getting arrested or fucking thrown out of your house and shit like that. So it's working. Definitely yeah. working. you got to allow it to keep working. So you got to work with a man, someone who you can talk to as much as you need to. Yeah. And then get commitments and put yourself into service so that you'll get sucked out of that vortex called the head. Yeah. Yeah. 
so that you so you can feel what it's like to live outside the you know the ass of self your head can be popped out and get some experiences and some value shifting where you don't want to fuck up anymore it's not like you see uh what's going to be destroyed by my acting out is valuable to me yeah you're feeling like a human being i'd like to have love i want to have this yeah yeah so yeah and then the assaults of the parasite will lessen because it's outmatched really you have to admit you're outmatched and then the parasite ends up being outmatched by the higher power yeah but yeah. our role in that is to admit that we're outmatched yes yeah. yeah yes and then then the higher power has like permission to influence and it will and you'll get into the habit of being sober like a lot of us have yeah by doing what following the suggestions a day at a time and the whole thing is if the if the problem resides in your head and the parasite is talking to you then you need to have actions that don't have thoughts involved which are called habits yeah and mm-hmm. how you get the habits is by taking action the same action suggested by people in the program following under the principles of the program they turn into habits and now you're in the act or in the habit of being sober yeah Yes. Yeah. And then things will change and you'll still have your your uh your challenges and shit like that, but you won't be going in and out of jail every week. Yes. So mm-hmm. Yeah, first things first. Get the action figure used to being in in a uh, in good hands by doing what we do. Yeah. I remember yeah. Uh, because the head is always going to try to shit on the parade of recovery. It just, you, don't be surprised. Just recognize it as not you. Yeah. And then, and the beauty of our program in a, as a community is we're not all insane at the same time. So you, there'll be other people in your life that you can, while you're thinking you're having a great idea of chopping the person's head off and then drinking out of it or something, you can call up one of your people and they'll say hey bro that's insane come over (laughs) here there's someone who's an active drunk we're gonna go pick them up and bring them to a rehab and say yes to that shit and your life's gonna be changed yeah yeah thank you yeah you're welcome thank you and uh if you get anything from us keep coming back yeah there's some there's a lot of strength here and there's people that stay after the meeting and yeah, we're all in step twelve, bro. We're we are you know we're we're willing to be available to people to help them achieve sobriety. And achieving sobriety is a habit of being sober. Yeah, that's what we want. We want to have in our own lives, and we like to see you have it. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for sh- showing up and being so mm-hmm. honest, bro. Thank you. Yes, Yep. All right, fabulous. Thank you, Jason. All right, Paul, we have a question from uh, a member. He had his hand raised in chat. Andrew, do you have a question for Paul today? Yeah, hi, Paul. Um, uh, it's nice to see you again. Um, meeting you on the meeting, I was uh, I really appreciate, appreciate your talks that, that, that you gave out. 
Um, obviously, with this talking about the manifestation of self, which causes harm, harms to set to to ourselves and uh, to others. You know, I'm I'm in a bit of a conundrum at the moment, and it's it's based on self. That's uh, I've got a lovely life, and I'm um, a, a little baby daughter now. She's uh, she's eighteen months old. I've got a beautiful, loving girlfriend, a beautiful house, blah blah. But you know what? I want to escape from all that, uh, and I'm thinking I'm fifty next week, and I'm saying to myself, I don't need a little responsibility. So I'm fed up with my job. I'm a bit fed up with my relationship. Oh, why my dad at 50 years old and why do I need his responsibility? I just want to be free and you know, want to go from the camper van and just go traveling. And, and that's what threw me at the moment. It's been happening for about six months. And um, and, and I know it talks about, like, for example, in page in page 14 of the big book, where it says, for an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others. And I say to myself, am I doing enough for others? And, I, and I, I can write down on an inventory saying, yeah, I think I am. I've noticed recently my temper short. Um, I'm not at peace, so to speak. And I think it's because that's ruminating all the time through me. And, and, it's, and it's disturbing my serenity, I could speak, I could, I could say. And, and it's affecting my, it is affecting my, um, my peace in my life. And, and just and it's affecting the people around me, especially my girlfriend, and especially my, I'm fine with my daughter, but I can lose my temper with my daughter when she throws food on the floor and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I'm thinking, I shouldn't be upset with it. I say, Am I taking action to keep spiritual? Am I connecting? What actions am I taking? I, I meditate twice a day. I, 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 I exercise, try to exercise three times a week. You know what I mean? And I try to take the action that would be necessary for, necessary for me to be spiritually well. But it's every time it comes back is this escape from this situation. This is what's causing it. You need to just pack up the job and just go off back and just go travel and see what you want to do your life. But I think to myself, I don't know if that would be good for me. But that's the main Yeah, part. can I jump in there? Because it's... Yeah. I'm having trouble understanding it's going in and out, but I think I get the gist of it. That thing that's advertising you getting a camper and shit like that, uh, it would be the first voice you'd hear when it, you're in the camper. It'd say, what the fuck did I do to move into this camper? Yeah, so it's it's after a while, you're going to recognize that voice as not yours, Yes. And you're going to lose interest in it. Right now, you may have to take a lot of actions not to follow it because there's a lot of interest in it. But part of this process is you're going to lose interest in self. Yes? And that's really listening to these insane ideas in one's head. Because push comes to shove, you're not going to get the caravan. You're not going to fucking take off. You'd probably hate it, really. But this is what the head does. Yes? It tries to... It tries to say, uh, it just, it, uh, what is it? It sort of like uh, glamorizes the escape, yes? Because we're never, we never fucking grew up. This is the part about growing up in recovery. We grow up, yeah? Where, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you know, 
I'm out of here, may not work for you anymore. You maybe have gone past that point. Maybe not down the road, but this is about growing up. Yeah. And what you need to do now won't be what you need to do later. Once certain things get settled or like the big book says, let's say if you're new, you sincerely take this position of reliance on a higher power. Then you'll get established in that position, which looks completely different than sincerely taking it. Yeah. The establishment of it. You're in a process of recovery and recovery progresses. Yeah. So you're not you're in the fighting moments here where there seems to be a wrestling match all day. That's going to fucking change. Yes. Yes, for sure. You just have to not act out, which to us means getting loaded. Yeah. And don't die. And things are going to get a lot better. Yeah, they are. We've all been through this. I mean, why do you think we were getting loaded after we didn't have any enjoyment? We just couldn't. We were trying to buy off that voice in our head. We were just trying because it was constantly ripping us a new one. You're going to hear it loud and clear when you're sober. Yeah. But hopefully with the right tools and the, and the way of life, you'll be able to see you're not that. And finally, finally outgrow it. Yeah. Truly. Like it says in AA, you're going to outgrow fear. You're going to outgrow a lot of shit. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to outgrow it. You're just going to be over with it. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, the problem will not exist for you. It won't. And it won't exist as you. Yeah. And so your whole relationship or the way you, how you face the problem will completely change when you're of the solution. And you're of the solution now. Yeah. Just stay with it no matter what. And if you want to fantasize about caravans and shit like that, far out, you know what I mean? Just share it with someone else. And if that works, to get, take some pressure, self-imposed pressure, not our imposed, self-imposed pressure, because you're having a life that you probably, your head says you don't deserve. So, you know, you can fucking have your fantasies or whatever. It doesn't matter. Just don't act out on them. If you do, you're going to learn, but I think you can learn it easier by seeing it as an insane idea now instead of living it as an insane idea later. <laughs> yeah, or do whatever you want to do. You're going to learn the hard way. It's all right. It's fine. Yeah, really. You can't lose. I mean, I followed stupid things i even did an inventory on it it told me not to do it i did it anyway and i got the result <laughs> so i learned the hard way which is it's a good it's a good teaching modality but it's hard on you yeah <laughs> it gets harder on you as you get older you better go the easier soft way soon so <laughs> so when i feel like some I feel something is, uh, and then I get a feeling in me. I go with that feeling that says, no, 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 no. Yeah, it's been a good bet. I basically, the bet in my life has, has always been on the same square, reliance on a higher power. That's, how, that's what's worked in me. Because I t totally feel outmatched here, completely. Yeah. So...
and I've been able to stumble and bumble through 33 years of living where I couldn't make it for 33 minutes when I was out there using. I'd, I'd attract the police somehow or another, <laughs> get into a lot of trouble. Now I've had 33 years of uh, relief. It's pretty cool. So, yeah, brother, just stay with us if you like. And uh, just before you do anything, just run it by somebody. If it's a good idea, they'll probably concur. If it ain't, they may say you're fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I have been, I haven't been through this, uh, the steps. Um, it's actually the NA steps. It's a real in-depth um, program where you have to answer loads and loads of questions. Um, and there's loads and loads of sheets to go through. Um, but it is through the NA, but it's still it's working the same sort of principles, you know. But it's more in-depth and more thorough, I find. I don't know about the well, NA steps. Try to bring whatever you're doing, just bright try to bring the idea maybe that this thing called self is not of us yeah there it is a foreign pathogen and uh and we're infected with it yeah and it actually infects something in us called self yeah <laughs> this little and it amplifies it and it brings out the worst of it really yeah it doesn't uh amplify every quality it sort of concentrates on what you would call contracting qualities. It's still like, like if you have a little strain of jealousy in you and you get loaded, you're up on stalking charges, you know, shit like that. It brings out the worst, yeah. So we stop with the drinking and using to really get down to the true dilemma, which is this act of being identified as something that we're not really. And by seeing that, we're relieved of the bondage of self because the real, the, the bondage of self is taking yourself to be something that you're not really. It's a tough way to live. Yeah. Because the stories are more important than feelings. Yeah. I had a story. I didn't like this person, but I probably loved her many, many moments, but the story won out and I split and stuff like that. And I learned a lot from all of it because, uh, I learned that, you know, incapable of really changing anything i don't want to live a life of stories you know it just seems emptier and emptier yes and all i end up is being alone and right so let's uh <laughs> give me the strength to sort of instead of drop the living drop the story yeah yeah so yeah thanks bro thank you thank you thank you yeah. thank you very much andrew Next up, we have Andy. Andy, you have a question for Paul today. Yeah, thank you, Andy, Recovered Addicts. Paul, um, just your take on uh, meditation. I see my step 11 as active listening throughout the day, um, keeping an eye on my step 10. But I don't do any meditation. Um, I've got, I suppose I've got into the mindset. I see it just as self meditating and getting a broader scope on things um can you just give me a bit of clarity and direction on that please well if you read step 11 the intent is to improve one's conscious contact they suggest prayer meditation but prayer meditation isn't the target it's to improve one's conscious contact yes first of all so yeah. Uh, 
And if you're in AA going to meetings, you're praying twice a day at least because we have a prayer in the beginning of the meeting, a prayer at the end of the meeting. So you're praying, even though you may have a story, you're not praying, you are. <laughs> and in a meditation, uh, some people aren't built for it, yeah? And so I, that's why I don't like when it becomes, these are the only two methods to improve one's conscious contact. I don't see it that way. I see a lot of people go to the water, nature, fucking groom their dog, whatever. There's uh, Every moment of the day can be an act of improving one's conscious contact put into the right hands, which is the higher power, let's call it. Yes, so... Uh, I meditated. I don't sit anymore. I do sit a lot, but I don't call it anything. <laughs> I do lay down, but I don't call it meditation. I do a lot of uh, stuff, but I don't call it anything. But in the beginning, it was helpful. I did a lot of uh, serenity prayer in the, in the beginning. And uh, in the beginning, I had a prayer because when I used to wake up I woke up under the old old employer it used to be flipped out a little so I needed to pray that hey I'm an alcoholic I'm not managerial quality something has done for me what I can't do for myself I turn my will and life over to this power and I'd say that really fast for about five years and then I stopped because uh what it was substituting for became apparent, so I didn't need to pray for it anymore. Yeah, I had the relief. So, And then serenity prayer was always great. It's one of the greatest, uh, yeah. It's such a, such a, it's like a quintessential uh, understanding you can pull out of your little coin pocket quickly, yeah. So, and then meditation, I did, a, I practiced it a lot, got into it. And I thought the meditation really led me not to meditate anymore. <laughs> That's what it did. <laughs> and I feel meditated. I feel like uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, an acknowledgement of being awake all day, yeah? I'm not making the acknowledgement. There's just an acknowledgement of being awake all day. I'm awake no matter what the head tells me or shit like that or what happens or doesn't happen, how's the weather or not. There's just the fact that I'm awake. I feel we all are. Yeah, and uh, so I, I don't... Uh, well, a lot of the shit that I was doing seemingly to become awake, I don't seem to need to do because I am awake, yeah? And I don't think I am awake because I did all this shit. I think I am awake because we're all awake, yeah? I mean, do you decide to see things when, when your eyelids open? <laughs> no. There's something that's, uh, <laughs> something that's going on that doesn't demonstrate any thought or effort to be going on. Yeah, seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. My eyes may go bad, but what seeing doesn't, yeah. <laughs> My hearing may go bad, but what hearing doesn't, yeah. So there is a, whatever you want to call it, a, a consciousness that triggers the uh, awareness of things, yeah. 
being subtle things or form things. Yeah. That awakeness, I think we're all in all day. Yeah. doesn't get shaked or moved by whatever goes on. I mean, I was awake. I saw on the worst day just as well as I was seeing on the best day, really. When it comes to just plain awareness, I was as aware. I was as aware as I was the worst day as the best day. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like a lot of stuff is really meant to bring you to the recognition that what you're looking for is always available at all times, right where you are, with no requirement necessary. Yeah. yeah? So, like, they used to have these cryptic statements. I think mostly in Zen, I think, the gateless gate. So how could there be a gate if there's no gate? <laughs> yeah. So in other words, do I have to go enter something through a gate? No, it's a gateless gate. That implies I'm already there, so to speak, or the open secret. How could how could something be a secret if it's open? Exactly. <laughs> the open secret is we are what we're looking for right now. What? Yeah. <laughs> the gateless gate is you don't have to enter. You're already in. You just have to stop believing that which tells you you're out all the time. <laughs> really? Once you stop once you stop believing that head that's telling you you're out all the time, you'll realize you've always been in. Yeah? Nothing's ever changed. Literally. Yeah. Now you feel differently. Yeah, the skirting shit on the surface goes on all day. But basically, uh, none of that changes the depth of the ocean, so to speak. Yeah. And we are of the depth of the ocean. Yeah. So, yeah, if it's, you know, it's something could be important to do. And then if it really works, it will become less important to do. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. You do shit to realize you didn't need to do shit. That's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And your head is crazy. I mean, I, you know, I feel sorry for someone who just can't sit still. Take a walk. That's the way you're going to improve your conscious contact, not trying to sit on a pillow that your rear end doesn't fit on and shit like that in your. Yeah, just get up and walk in where you certain you must know what works for you at least some level. You know, I like going to the ocean. I like swimming. I like walking in the woods. What is? Why do you think you have that like? Because it's improving your conscious contact. Yeah, that's why. That's why you like going there because it's easy. There's no effort of fucking you know fight, and then you feel better. Yeah. Why? Because what you could call that an improving of one's conscious contact. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. Do what you need to do so you don't need to do it again. <laughs> Doesn't it seem like when you pray to the point that you become or you are the prayer? Yes, this it's sort of like you're doing things because it's necessary for other things to change. When those other things change, you may lose interest in doing those things. Yeah? Because that was their point. The point was you pray to the point you don't need to pray because now you're established in something. 
Yeah, hallelujah. We had someone here did it was a perfect uh, demonstration. I don't know, was it, I don't know, it may have been John O or someone from the UK. We were going off on the on the third step prayer. Please, please relieve us of the bondage of self. And then he shared and says, you know, I say that prayer every morning. And then I realized, Jesus, I was in the freedom from the bondage of self, praying for a future relief from the bondage of self. So basically, the prayer was becoming a disservice because it was it was causing him not to see his present tense condition, which was relief from the bondage of self. Yes? He was still praying for a future event that he was in now. Yeah, this is what needs to be clear about it. It's not black or white. It's not like pray or don't pray. You find out what works. It's more, it's got, it's more sophisticated. It's not like, not, this isn't like one size fits all. You're going to find different, uh, what works with you. Yeah, yeah. So we have a broad uh, design for living, and then we're the one that furnishes it. Yeah, the living that's designed is a big open space, and we start, you know, we're play the role of furnishing it and painting the pictures and shit like that and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like, it's, it's sort of like trying to get to Omaha after you're already in Omaha. Yeah. So, so trying to get to Omaha was useful until you got to Omaha. Now trying to get to Omaha isn't useful because you're in Omaha. <laughs> it's just that simple. It's a simple recognition. Do I need a map? I'm already here. <laughs> so enjoy peace of mind. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, 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 in, I'm enjoying peace of mind trying to find out how to enjoy peace of mind. <laughs> forget, forget about finding out, it already worked. You're enjoying peace of mind. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Do you Thank think you. those people, I'm just, this is just an opinion, like many, but do you think, the people had no idea who the ones who were all writing the book, the most time they had was four years. They had no idea what it was going to be. Some people have been sober more than the time they got loaded. Yeah. None of those people were sober, were sober more than the time they got loaded. None. There's a whole new breed of alcoholics that ha have been sober longer than they drank and used. Tons of people. Yeah. Things have progressed. Shit. Yes. It's weird. It's sort of like uh, a lot of trouble happens when we're in the West, so to speak. Yeah. Western type of head. So we want to, we start trying to live like we're an Eastern person. Yeah. So try to go walk around. Uh, 
you know, begging alms in Novato, walking around with a bowl in the morning and knocking on the neighbor's door. Our society isn't, isn't based on supporting that kind of endeavor. They'll call the cops on you, yeah? You go to the East, go to Thailand, they go out and they go to the stores and everything and they get rice and everything. It's part of the culture to support the people who are endeavoring their spiritual growth, yes? Yeah? So we're going to support them because they realize all of us are going to benefit with what these people are doing. So let's support them, yeah? So this idea... Yeah. So it had a lot of had a lot of Eastern clothing and packaging. When you bring it to the West, it doesn't fit a lot. Yeah. So we have to find our own way. What works? Yeah. Do I want to stand out wearing like, you know, white robes all day going to 7-Eleven? Maybe probably not. Yeah. Yes. So we find <laughs> we're explorers. We're exploring sobriety in decades, decades, not years, decades, people. And yeah, it's not echoing or, or, uh, you know, blocking out the great gift of the what came before, but let's, you know, realize there's sobriety after. Yeah. 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 So awesome, Paul. Listen, we have we have two we have two more one more question that was raised in chat and it's real quick. What was the name of the film that you watched when you were in Moab that you were talking about at the beginning? <laughs> yeah, it's called Spring, Summer, Fall, Winter, Spring. Okay. It's on Netflix or one of those. It's a great film. I'd recommend it highly. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, it's a Korean film, so it's subtitled. So. Okay. And then we have Chris. Uh, yeah. He's been patient, and he, uh, he got kicked out and came back in. And Chris B. from Mammoth Lakes, come on in and ask your question, Chris. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Michael. Good to see you, Paul. Um, I've been a little spotty in my attendance lately. I've had a lot going on in life. This is more of an affirmation for myself and, and an encouragement for you rather than a question. Um, I I've always liked your analogy about the trying on the shoes. It's more of an invitational thing with the message. Try on the shoes, see if they fit. If they fit, wear them, you know? It's invitational, and I like to be invited to different things instead of being forced or coerced or bullied into some way of thinking or spiritual path or something like that. Because historically, that's happened to me before, and I've watched it happen for others. Anyway, the affirmation part of my little comments, I was introduced to, to your mess, the message here at Zen Bitch Lap two or three years ago. And, and um, I've been very, very quiet and just touch base every once in a while. And uh, the, the, the message has always rung so, so much resonance for me. And I've been trying on the shoes for a cut. I've been wearing the shoes for two or three years now. And they fit really well. And I want to tell you, 
that they fit really well. The, the, the message that happens to come through you fits really well with my life experience. And um, I don't have, there's not too much that my action figure would, would challenge with the message. I've actually found through the words that we speak here at this group, a language that kind of neuters that. I like that word neuter too. Um, and I'm going to end with this. I just suffered a great loss as an action figure. I'm a father of twins and they just turned 29 years old. And one of those twins, his name is Cameron. He just passed away from alcoholism three months ago and uh between my constant attendance at meetings and fellowshipping and the things that i do to stay sober this message has comforted me in my time of grief i'm only three months in and i'm still suffering but i have reached out to some of the ideas in your message or the message that comes through you and i found comfort there so I kind of want to be a living uh, testament witness to what we're talking about here. Hey. And, uh, it's, it's a pleasure to be, it's a, pe a pleasure to represent Zen Bitch Slap here in Mammoth. And if you ever, you and your gal ever find yourself driving down 395, please take the Mammoth turn off and I'll meet you at Starbucks. I love coffee too. Thanks, Paul. All right, Chris. Yes, you, that's a date. We'll have that date. In Mammoth Lakes, for sure. Send, uh, if you can, give Michael Stacy your information. So I'll have it. Yeah? Thank you. Thank you. Well, Michael, is that all right? Yeah, that's perfectly fine, Paul. Yep, you got it. Because I don't know how to really do this stuff with the chats and stuff. I got you. Right, well, let's, can we, uh, is that it for the day? Yes, Paul, that's it for today. Thank you. That was, that was very nice, Chris. Thank you. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. We got Kerry. Nice to see you, Kerry. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew Lockie. Andrew, stay. Yeah. Just stay the course a day at a time. You'll be. Yeah. Yeah. We got Paul from the UK. Thank you, Paul, for your attendance and pleasure to know you from these Zooms. We got Cecilia. I'm always liking Cecilia. There she is. Nice to see you. There's Alex. She's all toasty in her little uh, comforter there. Yes. She looks like a much be better version of the Michelin man. Yes. Yeah. Very nice. So... We got Roman, 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 Roman. He's a pleasure to know, and he, he supports Zen Bitch Slap. Thank you very much, in a lot of ways. Ruby Rose from Wichita, always a pleasure, Ruby. Nina, Nina, do you, uh, do you want to say anything about this December 11th? Go ahead, take sure. a minute. So if um, folks are able to come to Novato, we are having um, like a little mini retreat and um, I'm going to put my information in the chat, just reach out to me and I'll give you the details. It's for the weekend 
of um, December um, 11th through the 13th. Great, thanks, Nina, thank you. Uh, we've got Kana, nice to see you, Kana, from Dublin. This is Paul. Jacob, Seattle, fantastic. Joseph, always, France. We got Vicky. She's a once a citizen of the void. She's out. Yes. She's. <laughs> you can't escape the void, but yeah. All right. <laughs> Tommy, nice to see you. Uh, not see you. Anu, Michael Stacy. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for the job. Fantastic. Always. Thanks, we got Paul. Terry from Maine. Always a pleasure to see her. Nice. Carl, there he is. We got Kim. Kim is uh, reclining. Yes. Yeah. Not taking herself so seriously. Very good. We got Stefan on having never left. Crispy from Mammoth Lakes. Yes. It's a pleasure. We got uh, Walter, brother from another mother. Kaiser. I'm going to be seeing Kaiser. Jeez, I got to get ready for that event. Yeah. All right. We got Monique. Monique from Alberta, I think. How are the floods, Monique? Are you flooded out there? Floods there? No? Nothing? No, nothing here. Nothing uh, here. Nothing ever happens in Alberta. No, we're good. We're, we're dry here. Always dry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, say hello to mom. There she More is. More ways than one. Yeah. Mom. Nice to see you, honey. <laughs> Hi. Nice to see you, babe. We got love you, Paul. Andy, <laughs> nice. I love you too, Monique. Take it easy. Andy, nice to see you. Andy there. We got PK. PK looks like he's driving through the desert there. A little de uh, sandstorm. We got Jim R. Nice to see you, Jim. We got Gabe, Kristen, uh, Oliver, Berlin. Oliver, let me know when I'm supposed to do that, if I am. I lost track of that meeting. Kristen, Gabe, PK. Uh, just send it to me, whatever. I will, I will. All right, thanks. Hey, everyone. Nice to see everybody. I'll see you tonight. Today at 4.30 Pacific time, we do a non-duality thing with uh, a different group. It's on the website. There's no password, I don't think. Just go in. So it's 4.30 Pacific time every Tuesday. And then the rest of the schedule is on Zen Bitch Lab under events. Thanks. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye, Paul. Bye-bye. Bye.